And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And this is where it's really different. This won't be so painful. Welcome to Financial Fitness oh, Friday. Really? I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're so happy you're here. Danny's not happy I'm here, especially when Miss Yellen will be making a huge appearance. What are you? What are you uh, never mind. I'm not even going to go down here. that <laughs> that road. All in due time. Yeah, all in due time. Now, Danny, you have to understand there's a new poll out, Harris poll in Bloomberg. Was it Janet Yellen or no Janet Yellen? (laughs) 80% of respondents want Janet Yellen, but 60% of respondents said they plan to buy fewer gifts this year, which sits well with Danny because he cuts his gift giving every year by 60%. So, Man, it's been tough. The kids are counting gifts. My little one last night said, Dad, you know how many gifts I have under the tree? Nope. Isn't that fun when kids take inventory? Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, hey, and I counted. You know, the other one has this many, and I'm like, well, sorry, bud. You're bad. See, I'm an only child. I, I'm Get an only, your act together, man. Yeah, I'm the only child, so I don't have this competition thing, but I've noticed, uh, even with Amy's kids, it's like, wait a minute. They keep score on everything. Oh, like, yeah. you did oh, this yeah. with this one, but now I'm due, or there are three gifts for him, but only two for me. So I've noticed that, is that. I guess that's true, huh? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, you're so lucky because when, when Haley was young, you didn't have to worry about, like, this elf-on-the-shelf crap. No, we did. You did? Yeah, she loved all that. I had to do elf-on-the-shelf. I did goat on a moat. I did, uh, I did Barbie on the Barbie. I did... My daughter was nuts, okay? Everything had to talk. Everything okay. had to talk. Everything had to have a voice. Like, so this is where you're, you get this from. Right, because she would say, yeah. Daddy, even the tomato, sweet tomatoes? Remember sweet tomatoes when uh-huh. they were in business? Yeah. I would take a tomato, you know, when you walk down the, with, your, with your tray, and I would roll it and I'd make it talk to her. Hi, Haley, I'm a tomato, and I'm real healthy for you. How are you? You know, Daddy, make the celery talk. Daddy, make the pizza talk. So, yeah, this is where I got it. So did she eat it afterwards, or was she no. afraid? No, no. yeah. Pizza, yes. But you're right. No, we did the elf on the shelf, but you have to do it. Do you have to do three elves on shelves, or is it just one elf? No, we we could probably use reinforcements because of bad behavior, (laughs) but um, no, we we have two. Um, You have two elves. We have two elves. You can buy outfits for them now. Have you bought all their new outfits? No, 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 no. We have not gone that far. But um, our elves did did disappear, not come back at one point a year or two ago. (laughs) In in the fireplace. And... um, (laughs) Yeah, so we, we may actually have reinforcements waiting. But, yeah. You know, the, the one good thing about Missing them, besides... Elf puddle on the mantle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, uh, hey, man, look. Santa's watching. You ever see when they do those really obscene things with them on memes? Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. Like he's torturing Barbie and... In a, in a very nice way. He's using candy canes and stuff, so don't it was, get all... It's consensual between the two exactly. puppets. Exactly. Don't get all crazy out there. I know they're, how they're They're stock we're... pickers now. <laughs> Do you ever read the story about the family who created Elf on a Shelf that they tried relentlessly through publishers to get all of that done, They and they all hated it? Really? Yeah, and they said this is the worst idea ever, and they did it on their own. And now they're laughing from their yacht. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
uh, it just shows you you can't give up, right? You know, some ideas that are not accepted by the establishment turn out to be really big. So it's a really fascinating story on how Elf on a Shelf became yeah. this big business, even though they got rejected, I don't know, multiple times for the idea. Well, I mean, you can go buy a, an outfit for like $35. You can buy them skis. You can buy them any and everything. I mean, and accessories. That's, I think that's fair, <clears throat> fairly. When Haley was little, we didn't have outfits. Yeah. But I even said they should have like, why don't I have them in all nationalities? Why don't I have do? different outfits? And I bet they're making a fortune on all those outfits. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I Are mean, there now ethnic elves? I think so. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> Got to be fair. No, there, there's a little bit of everything. I mean, I these guys have monetized else, but we'll get this. Good for off. the air. Good, good uh, for them. <laughs> something about the elves candy cane. Um, it's, yeah, it's big business. I mean, listen, Christmas is... A big business. So, but this year, people are really taking a lot of time to think about the kinds of gifts they want to give, what their budgets look like. Uh, you know, it's it, it's just going to be that way. There was a recent poll in the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal did a poll about how Americans are feeling generally about the economy, uh, and you know, it's not very good. <clears throat> so, the majority of vo uh, voters think the economy will be in worse shape in 2023, and I am in that camp. I am in that absolute camp. Well, heck, Powell says it's going to be, and he's not. You know, I think based on the futures this morning, <clears throat> Danny, I think the market may be finally accepting the fact that uh, Powell's serious. Well, he's serious until he's not, right? I mean, it's hard to take him at face value when he's gone back and forth. And, you know, we went from transitory to, you know, the complete opposite of, hey, we're, we're yep. digging in. And so – Look, I mean, look, the data is going to talk, and essentially that's what Powell's going to do. And so, you know, you've got to take it at he's trying to not or, or, you know, I don't know. We can make the argument maybe he's trying to disrupt the economy and the market, right? I mean, clearly they're trying to do something here uh, to slow it down. Now, the issue is what are the numbers he's looking at? I mean, you look at the polls that so show how many millions of Americans are out of work, not because they want to, and people are feeling terrible about it, right? Yeah. They're, they're simply out of work because they're not looking anymore. They can't get the jobs that they used to have. They can't find work um, as easily as they once did. And so these people have just fallen out of the numbers here, and the formula is skewed. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I think these numbers are going to be tougher for him to, to make, especially, you know, things have changed. We've talked about this coming out of the pandemic, and we've seen where it's been the high wage earners who've been cut first. And, you know, I think we'll likely see more layoffs coming in the new year. Yes. But – is it that number where everybody says, oh, my gosh, where it just feels terrible? Like any other recession, right. you felt bad because you you had a loved one, a friend, somebody you knew who was out of work, and you thought, man, we're not doing this. You know, Johnny can't get a job. And the kids or people are living at home. I mean, I just I, – do we get there? That's the question. Well, if you – there's a recent academic study that shows you it's really males age 24, 25 to 54 yeah. that have – Totally dropped out of the workforce. Um, listen, it's this well, what are you, if you're 25 to 54. What are you doing? I mean, seriously, what what are you doing if you're out of work right now? Well, there's some really good video games out there. I don't know. And more look at housing formation, right? You have more more Gen Zs, more Gen Xs living at home than ever. It actually surpasses World War II as far as families living together. So you know things have changed a lot. And if, what I find interesting is politics poisons everything, right? So when you look at this Wall Street Journal poll, 
They're talking about economic pessimism is strongest among Republicans, with 83% expecting the economy to worsen, but only 22% of Democrats. I mean, inflation only hits one party and not the other party? Look, I have no allegiance to a party where I can look at the facts. I, I, I look at the facts. It's painful. I don't, give, I don't really care who's in, in charge to see that a lot of households are suffering right now. But, Rich, we could see that we actually dip into a, another type of recession, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean the market's going to be terrible all year either, right? We could trade sideways and it find could a be. bottom, and That could right? feel bad, too. We get back. we got a lot more to cover. Three ideas to tackle your financial ghosts. Ooh, Marley. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show. I'll tell you, it's tough. It's tough out there for a lot of people, but not, you know, um, I, I just hope Harry and Megan are okay. Because that just seems to be the talk about everything. We waste our times on so much crap. Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bingo. Who? I don't have the bandwidth for that stuff. I, who wants to have the bandwidth for that stuff? you got to choose where your attention goes. And with the Americans, this fascination with these two losers makes me crazy. You know what I find discouraging? What? Every morning we come in to prepare for the show, and we're trying to play the uh, uh, the tag game, the, the keywords game, you know, to get attention for our channel. Mm-hmm. And I go out to Google Trends we have to see, to see what's trending mm-hmm. in Google searches. And it's really discouraging to see what most people are looking for on Google these days. And it's not just Harry and Meghan. You know, it's, it's football and soccer and you know, who's doing whom. It, it's amazing how our attention, built. you wonder where productivity is in the country. And I'm going to sound like some curmudgeon, but it's ridiculous. There's no delayed gratification. There's no work hard. You know, I mean, again, there are a lot of people. Well, you're who in, do, inundated by, by things, right? By p- ads, by, you know, look at this, look at that. I mean, you can go finance a shirt now, Rich. You want a new shirt? Hey, you can do it in four easy payments of twenty nine ninety five. You can finance a pet. <laughs> you can finance a dog. I mean, you, you can't make some of this stuff up. I mean, listen, if you can't afford to buy it, especially like necessities or things you may need or or things you want, you probably should not be doing it. If you have to finance a pet, what happens when you have to take it to the vet? Exactly. And I calculated that roughly for this pet, you would be spending about. <clears throat> in interest. 
talking based about on the talking rate about here, of, man. Right, dog, like you don't deserve it's listen, I, you know, the one thing about Americans, if you want it, we'll find a way to get it to you, even if it's at your own detriment. But the things we focus on and listen, it's probably not different this time. It's just that this stuff is all in your face now. I'm sure we've always focused on things that didn't make any sense. More pop culture. But it seems like pop culture runs the country now. And a lot of comedy. Tragic yeah. comedy. So, you know, you got to cut through that noise, focus on what's important to you, and make sure you're getting it done. Because I still believe that there's a strong work ethic for a lot of people, and they keep their nose to the grindstone. But, you know, some of the stuff that I see is just really crazy. Well, like it when, doesn't teach any fiscal responsibility is the no. problem, right? Nobody has any personal re responsibility for what they're doing. They'll pay for it later, and they don't understand the impact socially what this has, which is why we're at a point where everybody thinks, oh, well, you know, let's, let's give out this. Let's everybody, everybody needs money. Well, yeah, you need money because you're not – never mind. I'm not going to go down there. <laughs> Why I'm going to say things I Can we say. change the name of this show to Curmudgeons Squared? <laughs> Curmudgeon Friday. Well, Janet Yellen says that it's your fault, Danny. That's your fault for the inflation. She's been talking to Michelle. you are spending money. It's your fault, Danny. You did this. And I'm going to say this. No, 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 Janet Yellen. It wasn't the pandemic, and it wasn't consumers that created this. It was the federal government's response coupled with this mental, financial, and physical aftermath of closing down an economy for absolutely no reason. Which any of these on their own are inflationary, right? And then you couple those together, it makes the problem even worse. Now, what's going to happen if, if, if you do start to see, you know, recession, okay? You see poor numbers. You see you know, real negative growth. What are they going to do? You actually get people out of work, but they're trying to force people out of work. They pretty much want you out of work. But what are they going to do? They're but, going to come right back. But think of, no, but, and think about this, Danny. Is it the Fed's fault? Even though, yes. And again, I'm not trying to stick up for the Fed because I've got a, I've got a beef with them. But what I'm saying is, whose fault is it that we're facing this inflation now that the Fed has to tame? And guess what's going to happen? I guarantee it. Once the unemployment rate starts to go up or wages start to stagnate, the White House is going to come out and blame the Fed. When ultimately, if I follow the circle, it's their fault because of that, of that stimulus package that they sent out. When Larry Summers even said, this is a mistake. And, a, and everybody thought he treated him like a pariah because he didn't go along with the company line when he was just being what he is, an economist, Right. So the ultimate reason you're going to lose your job is because of the fiscal response and locking us up for two years. And we have no idea, Janet Yellen, of the overall damage we're going to see of this politically driven response to the pandemic. That if you question anything, you're a traitor or a conspiracy theorist. But look at the mental toll. Look at the, the health toll. Look at what's going on. What's the aftermath going to be, Danny, of all of this? And how is it going to affect the economic numbers that we see? Even the unemployment numbers, right? Because how stubborn, based on the labor force participation rate, there are companies that just can't afford to let their workers go, right? Because they're, they're working with a skeleton staff and can't find people anyway.
So just to keep some semblance of the business running, they can't let everybody go. But here's what they might do. They might tell you, Danny, you're a great worker, but guess what? I can't give you that raise this year. I can't give you that bonus this year. You know, before they even let you go. So this is going to be a little bit different from an unemployment perspective and how far the Fed's got to go. Who knows what the terminal rate is? It's a moving target at this point. Because of the after effects of this pandemic, I don't think we really understand all the aspects of closing down an economy for two years. Do you? No, and there's no way. I mean, we don't have anything. There's no real set precedent, not to mention the way the economy's evolved, especially over, I mean, just think in the last two decades, how this economy has changed. And then now we want to go back to, you know, all these countries are looking to be, you know, nationalism, which is great, right? But we've had the Amazonation of everything to to bid everything out to the cheapest manufacturer, right? Because we want to get the cheapest prices. Well, you can't do that and, and support local. That's the problem. Right. It's, it's extremely difficult because for us to produce things, it's going to cost a lot more money than what people want to spend. Yeah, and Janet Yellen. Yes, you're going to yell at me again? Yes. You were absolutely responsible for one of the greatest wealth transfers in U.S. history by keeping interest rates low for as low as you did for way too long. How many times at RIA, Lance's writings, Michael writings, had we called her out for the reckless behavior that benefited stockholders over everybody else. So she's responsible for that. She's responsible for the rip of the middle class. She's been responsible. Hey, I'm feeling like I'm in a corner here and I can't get out. Yeah, you were an advocate for the latest, greatest wealth transfers in American history when you gutted small business during the pandemic and you benefited all these large publicly traded ones. I couldn't go to my little local hardware store because it was closed, but I could go to Home Depot. You just gave large companies more power than ever. But she's going to blame you, Danny, because you are, you are just, you can't control yourself based on your spending. So it's your fault. None of what they've done is the issue. Well, listen, you give everybody free money. You tell them they don't have to pay their bills. What do they expect they're going to do with it? Yeah. And you have a supply chain that's disrupted. I mean, look. And it's still disrupted, even though you got a uh, tra- uh, whatever he is. Secretary, Transportation Secretary, it's been in Portugal, right? So this is where we are. And now a lot of European countries are going, you know what? Austerity be damned. In other words, they want to continue to give checks, Hmm. which is creating the inflation in the first place. So we're going to continue to see reckless fiscal policies across the globe. Which is so interesting, though. Group mind thing, yeah. But think about this. I mean, they actually, I thought that, initially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, Bernanke had to had to do things a little bit differently than what they did, right? They went in a double-dip recession in Europe because they were trying austerity, and right. it didn't work, or it didn't feel good, so they said, oh, we're done. Mm-hmm. Which, that's the one thing nobody wants. Nobody wants that four-letter word. No. Is there a happy medium here? Like, just be good stewards? Makes decisions outside of a political lens and what's ultimately pragmatic i i don't understand we've lost our ability to think about these things properly well listen um, you and i are going down a rabbit hole and so <laughs> and, and and initially that last segment oh, i mentioned no. we could see an opportunity here number one yeah fixed income could be a fantastic opportunity here in 2023 why how tell me what do you mean well you see an economy that's slowing you see a fed that's slowing you see 
they're going to have to stall. I don't think you see that quick pivot like everybody in the market begins to think that there's, there's going to be. Um, but you'd begin to see long-term outlook, especially on longer-yield bonds. You're going to see, or longer-term, excuse me, you're going to potentially see it's going to start looking at where's inflation going, where's the economy going, and then you start to see those yields drop, right? I, I think so. You, you have a year as bad as it has been, as catastrophic from a fixed income perspective. I'm not sure people really understand because they look at the losses in fixed income and they're similar to stocks, right? Not near, not as bad, but but pretty similar, which is something that we don't expect out of fixed income historically. No, we we expect we expect our fixed income to be the foundation. Now, to your point, uh, say for example, like even this morning, right? Dow futures down three eighty seven. We're going to continue this downward slide, um, and yet yesterday, Treasury yields, long term Treasury yields were down. I'm thinking. Next year, bonds are going to be, at least maybe the first part of the year, the place to be. We'll see if I'm right. Only because I think the bond market is starting to understand the Fed is hell-bent on getting us into recession, and this soft landing talk is ridiculous. But how dare you question my little man Powell? Yeah, I'm questioning him. I think he doesn't care. He's got a legacy to protect, and this is what he's going to do. But I think there is reason for optimism, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. More alcohol. Hit specs. Hit wines. Plus. Whatever you got to do. That's how you're going to get through 2023. I'm opening a gym called Resolutions. It will have exercise equipment for two weeks. And then it turns into a wine bar for the rest of 2023. I think I've got the next Elf on the Shelf success. We'll be right back. Okay. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. I'll tell you, the White House is already gearing up. They're going to have a great scapegoat. In Powell. He is going to be responsible for everything that's gone wrong with this economy. And I want to see how he handles it because he's only doing something in response to something. So I want to see if he actually stands up, gets it, be independent, and sheds some blame on the irresponsible fiscal response and every other response to the pandemic. So it'll be interesting next year to see the battle between the White House and the Fed um, and see if Powell stands his ground. And I think Powell's got a lot more to lose if he doesn't follow through with all his, like you mentioned earlier, Dan, his transitory talk made him look stupid. And I think he needs to 
you know, when you read about Powell, there are a lot of great books. Uh, Nomi Prince writes a lot of great stuff. And uh, The Lords of Money is out there. I can't remember the author. Gives you a little background into Powell's thought process. And he is such a, uh, I think he even worked a bit under Volcker. And he doesn't want to be known as Burns. He wants to be known as Volcker. So we're going to see this battle between the epic battle between the White House and the Fed as the economy starts to contract uh, next year. And uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be like Harry and Meghan for me. That's going to be my uh, pop culture fun. I'm going to take my popcorn out and enjoy the volley uh, between them. It's going to be fun. Simply when John, when John Claude Van Damme gets up there and starts blaming Powell while she's rifling through her notes. So we went to we went to see the um, is Steven Seagal even allowed in the oh in no. the country. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be. Wasn't he like a sheriff in New Mexico or something after his? I thought he went to Russia. Steven Seagal. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, he might be in Russia now. But I thought he was actually some form, some form of law enforcement. Here once. I'm still amused by the Claude, Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> reference. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to get my Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, impression down. You, you need a three-inch binder to ruffle through while you do that. So you, you can see the top of my head? Mm -hmm. I would get a hat that says, hi, I don't know what I'm doing when I'm looking down. And, and you got to get more curls. <laughs> I think I have a wig. So ghosts of the financial past, they creep into the present. So we want to make sure that, listen, December is a good month to objectively review your financial history, right? You want to look at the good and the bad of things you've done this year, right? I've had my own goals of financial past, right? Um, how much progress have you made this year, right? What does your debt levels look like this year? How much are you spending? I keep track of my budget, uh, as Danny knows, from what I'm spent last year to this year. Uh, I didn't overspend this year. I'm still at that spending pace I was last year. A little bit less because I'm not traveling. Well, well wait, did you, did you maybe not overspend, but did you not buy as much? I think that's what we're, we're seeing I didn't buy as much for right? the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. So people are saying, well, we're going to cut back on what we're buying, but you're still spending the exact same amount. <laughs> right. Financially. Because you can't buy as much. Exactly. That's what it well, is. Well, in some cases you can. Because keep in mind, retail is bloated with inventory. And they've had some pretty decent sales on crap you don't need. And listen, for the holiday, that's what you probably give out. A lot of stuff that you don't need. Unless you're in Danny's house. Like the kids are getting pretzel sticks and they're getting gifts from like 1883 and Littlest guy said, hey, can you not buy me any clothes this year? I just want toys, man. Yeah, but you need clothes. <laughs> man, you it's that? like that Liberty Mutual commercial. Yeah. Did you see it when they said you got to unwrap the gifts and the kid unwraps the bike? I love this commercial. And he's all upset. I got a bike. And the kid got, I got Liberty Mutual Insurance. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a funny commercial. I funded your that, 529 plan, kid. What's yeah. wrong? Silly parents. They could have saved 15% with Geico. The Christmas music in uh, Danny's house is like the funeral dirge when they're all unwrapping their gifts. How come you guys aren't moving faster on your gifts? 
Well, the wool socks that mom knit in the corner that I got. Have yeah, you seen that meme that with the uh, the pictures of the holy underwear and holy socks yeah. that says, yes. one more week, one guys? More week. <laughs> you know, there is right. like an underwear recession indicator. What? Yeah, like if men or like people who hold on to their underwear longer. Uh-huh. It's like the skirt, you know, like the long skirt versus the short skirt, depending okay. on the economy. There's also an underwear indicator, by the way. The holier your underwear, the more you're in a recession. Well, then men are mostly in a recession. Always in a recession. Then. <laughs> oh, man. Danny's the only one who's <laughs> got to get his underwear off quickly. Who sees him? What's the matter? In the bedroom because it's, wor- it's frightening. <laughs> Do you ever think about maybe... Once the kids fit into your underwear, that's what you'll give them for Christmas. No. You'll just look, man. I mean, like I, that's the I legacy say these underwear. The kids have everything it's they gross. need. You wash I mean, your machine, man. You wash <laughs> it. Don't you? Now wash socks are different, right? You got to have good socks. You can't have holy socks. Listen, you got to have good socks. I totally agree with mm-hmm. socks as a gift. You can go commando, but you got to have good socks. You absolutely do. And you ever notice with socks on, you just feel more naked. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So. Listen, socks are a big gift. What? Socks are a big With socks on, you feel more naked. If you're naked with socks wanna, on, it feels mind, it weird. Well, at least your feet are warm. Socks are, by the way, a huge gift. Oh, yeah. Like they have the novelty socks, and every company's got wool socks. and Socks with Richard's face on them. Oh, boy. That would be bad. There are a I'm lot. I'm going to make a sock. sock it's going to have Richard's face, and it's going to have Janet Yellen. <laughs> <laughs> One Richard sock is yelling, and we have to be screaming at each other, right? <laughs> so it's a side view. Uh, y'all may be hugging or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. You keep so this what, up. But keep in mind, socks are not a bad gift. There are a lot of great companies based out of Texas that make socks out of wool or um, alpaca and all that. So take a look overall. So you want to do some math at the end of the year. And I know math, but I promise this isn't difficult math, right? We tend all the time to base our lifestyle on the ability to meet payments. We just talked about this, Danny. Everybody lives on payments, but they're not considering the overall damage to their net worth by spending too much or taking on the debt. So I do a couple of calculations every year, So, and we also share this at RIA's Financial Guardrails. So you isolate, you've got to look at, first of all, your household debt-to-income ratio, Right? So how does somebody get to that, Rich? I mean, let, break it down. Well, I isolate my mortgage, HOA, homeowner's insurance payment. I divide it by the sum of my net or take-home monthly income, right? And then I look at my ratio because the standard rule in finance for a house payment, let's go by that first, shouldn't exceed 28% of pre-tax income. That's for the bank's benefit. That's not for yours. It does, the, the, the bank's rule is designed to push your boundaries on cash flow and sell you more house than is necessary. I met with a young couple yesterday, Danny, gave me hope. They're in their 20s, and I said, what is, I put them on the spot. This is some question I've been using lately. What is your most important household financial rule? And they were quiet. I didn't say a word. They were like quiet for like 10 seconds, and that felt like an eternity. And they said, well, we don't want to be house poor. I said, can I hug you now? Can I hug both of you like this? Try to figure out in your household, what is your utmost one financial rule? 
Anything over 500 bucks, you have a conversation. Okay, but that's a... 300. 300? Wow. Now, mm-hmm. I Unless am it's for the dog. I know Unless that, it's for the dog, yeah. then we give... We, we're, the dog's always Don't even more get stuff. me started on that dog. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, the dog, but... I, dog is not running the household. Yes. Oh, the, almost. The dog is. Well, dog's not working, bringing an income. That's, <laughs> right. That's the problem. You could sell pictures. We could get an, cute. We get an agent. You get a calendar, work. Don. Yeah, get yeah. a calendar. The Josie D. Clanton calendar. Beautiful pictures. Mm. But my ratio for my house payment is 6.6%. And I'm not saying that to, to boast or anything. What I'm saying is you can't go by this 28% rule for your mortgage payment. This couple I met with, they were at 13 they want to be at, thir- I asked them again, well, let's figure out your ratios. They said, well, 13 to 15%. I said, can I hug you again? They said, we're, 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 we're taking up har- harassment charges on you now, so don't go near me. Um, I love to see young people be fiscally disciplined and not just one party, both. That's a synergy when the financial philosophies meld. I said, you are all going to build some exponential wealth for you and your family, and I'm so happy. And it's not based on how much income you make. It's based on the rules you follow to manage debt, right? Dave Ramsey says 25% of after-tax income. That's not bad, but you can do better. Don't you think, Danny? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you need to understand where, you know, what, what types of, what are your goals, number one? How do you have things established within your house? And, you know, I think the big thing, though, Rich, mm-hmm. it comes, it all boils down to communication. It does. That's going to be a thing. So if you're even having these conversations and you have any types of rules, which I know most households likely do not, unfortunately. No. And we but, get, yeah, we get back when we talk about RIA's rule for total mortgage payment. Oh, you may not, not like, like this it. One. I think the people who listen to the show and on YouTube will like it. We get back. News you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show. The YouTube channel is lit this morning, lit. JP says, Rich talks about giving long-term care insurance for Christmas. Listen, that's a great gift. Adult diapers, long-term care insurance, everything you need, like the Liberty Mutual commercial. All right? All right, so here's our rule. 
your total mortgage payment. That's total. Dum, 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 dum. Insurance, HOA, should not exceed 15% of after-tax income. And I didn't extract this percentage out of my thin air. Okay, I've watched households do this over two decades. They utilized this rule. They treated their house as a place to live. And they increased their wealth by thinking of their primary residence as their home, not an investment. Right? An intimidating mortgage obligation is too painful for couples who want to build wealth. Okay? The American dream is maybe having the house, although I would argue that, but making sure you have enough financial flexibility to deal with anything like inflation that's thrown in your path. Then what I want to do, Danny, is I want to look at my household's variable and specific fixed expenses, right? Entertainment, groceries, clothing, uh, utilities, car insurance. I might still pay for my daughter's car insurance. The general rule is 30% of after-tax income for wants. You know, auto insurance is, not, is a need, not a want. But you, know, but you can shop around for better deals, right? People do that all the time. So my current variable expenses right now are 9% of my monthly after-tax household income. Again, I don't have a household with young children, but my personal inflation rate is 7.7%. If you go to the Atlanta Fed, you can calculate your own CPI. Have you done that lately? I wonder what yours is now. I mean, I'd be afraid to look at it. No, I don't know. I haven't, haven't looked in a while. <laughs> so our rule at RIA is your variable monthly expenses should not exceed 20% of after-tax income. So if you run these numbers... You're exceeding 15%. You're exceeding 20%. You've got a new awareness of what your household debt-to-income ratios are. Talk to your financial professional in January. Create an action plan to slowly increase your percentages. Right? So when then you calculate them next year, they're much healthier. So I think it's important to run these very simple numbers to get an idea of how you compare to, one, RIA's metrics, and two, the BS metrics that the banks give you. Okay? Also, for some reason, holiday time is a good time to communicate about money. Parents are willing to talk about their long-term care needs. You know, you know it's just how things are, right? Downtime from work, families get together, uh, the eggnog is flowing. Let's have a conversation. Children are monitoring your relationship with money. How you feel about debt? How you feel about savings? And, and Danny, you bring this up, right? <clears throat> Christmas is all about what kids are going to want for gifts. So they're looking how much you put under that tree. And, you know, maybe it's a good conversation to have with children who don't believe in, this, in Santa, but know they get gifts. That gifts cost money. And this is how we think about it. Remember years ago, we used to have Christmas clubs. Yeah. Where you put a little money every... Yeah, and I think it was, it's a great idea of, you know, to start putting funds aside slowly instead of going and, you know, saying, okay, well, we'll finance this. If you can't, look, if you can't pay for it now, don't pay for it later. Um, I think for us, like we struggle with is that we want that fine line, like in our household, and we, mm -hmm. we have friends we talk to about this, is like you want Christmas to be fun, right? And you right. don't want to take that out for the kids. But you also want them to understand, like we've been trying to teach, look, it is just as good to give as it is to get. And it's tough for them at a young age, I think, but they're they're beginning to really grasp that con that concept. Um, but it's it's one of those deals where I think having these conversations, and we've been having them. We're, I think we're doing a pretty good job about having conversations. 
the kids really want to get in the weeds. Like, you know, dad, how much did you make today? You know, or how much, <laughs> what do you, you know, like you're going to work. I want to go to work with you today and see what you're doing, which I love. But, you know, hey, so why don't you have a sports car? I think we need a sports car. That one seems, my middle one keeps bringing that up. He wants a sports car. Well, there's five of us, son. Five. Uh, well, he just wants a sports car for himself. No, but that's exactly what he said. He's like, well, well what are we going to do with everybody else? I don't know. I'm not worried about him. Room for you and me. But, you know, it's just the funny things like that. So trying to get them to understand concepts. And they see, you know, they, they see and they soak everything up. But yeah, Christmas is tough. It's a balancing act. Right. And if you want to raise fiscally intuitive children, right, you want to help them understand your financial goals, where your mistakes are, how you make them better, and that it's not the number of gifts and the price of gifts. It's the kind of gifts. Like I always believe in, like there are people who just get gifts to give gifts, right? Mm -hmm. I wrap something up, even though it's not something you're really ever going to use. Or do you really know the person? And you get them one really cool gift that may not have been expensive, but it's right in their wheelhouse that tells you that you know that person and you spent the time. You know, it's like, I, you know, Amy goes, uh, drives me crazy because she goes, uh, uh, you're, um, I always get Christmas cards. I actually read the Christmas cards. Like, in other words, I find a card that I think fits the situation. Now, most people just rifle through the card deck and look and think, ah, okay. Right? It's the same thing with gifts. You've got to understand the person and get them something. Even if it's one gift, if it's an impactful one, it goes a long, long way. So this is holiday time. Help your kids understand how you buy gifts. Why are you buying these gifts? What's the meaning of buying a certain gift for somebody, right? Like, I'm buying uh, Uncle Rich a pair of socks. Well, that's a terrible gift. No, he loves socks. Or, you know, maybe, Danny, you want something small, but, you, but that's something you always want. You got a favorite candy. You've got whatever it is. They're thinking about you first and not the money. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and look, I think that the money's always going to be attached to the gift because depending on what you do, I mean, <laughs> you know, obviously, but if you find something that, you know, somebody likes, they need, they want something thoughtful. Oh, they mentioned this when they went on their trip or they really saw, you know, they, they used this this one time and really liked it or this broke. I mean, I think that goes a, a long way, so much more so than, you know, the expensive gift. Now, I will tell you, you don't have this conversation about thoughtful gifts if you're in the Houston Galleria at a bar uh, with all the single women because they're all singing Santa Baby in your ear, right? It and sounds they want, like this is they want from the, experience, right? For a long time ago. But they want the platinum mine. They want your net worth statement. You know, this, this isn't it. This is you thinking very thoughtful things about the gifts. That Santa Baby song makes me crazy. Is there one, is there one Christmas song that you absolutely... I love a lot of Christmas music, especially old... But that song, Santa Baby, makes me crazy. I can veer off the road. Like, why does Santa need to give you all this crap, lady? That stupid song about the pedestrian grandmother. Oh, you don't like that grandmother getting re-railed by a... Like uh, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> That's interesting. I like that one. Grandma got ran over by a ranger. Oh. <laughs> Hallmark <laughs> sells an ornament of a reindeer... In a this garish Christmas sweater, and when mm -hmm. you press the button on the shoulder, that song is played. Perfect. 
Uh, that's what I'm mm -hmm. going to get you for your... Oh, for thank you. <laughs> you have one you don't like? Uh, Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Which octave? Uh, all of them. What's that song she sings? Is it... Uh, what's that song Mariah Carey sings? They all make fun of the Christmas song. Is it... All I Want for Christmas is You? No, I can't. What is the name of the song she sings? She but they all make fun of it. So many of them so badly. Well, it's just... You just hear them so frequently. And in my house, they've been playing since October, so... I know. And then Baby, It's Cold Outside. Mm -hmm. Gordon just brought that up. That, you can't play that song. Because that's, pol that's politically incorrect now. HR. Yeah. Can't sing that. Mm. It's a shame. Because, you know, yeah. Let's <coughs> get cold. <laughs> Listen, Perry Como, Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, Al Martino. I'm into the old stuff. But, Forgot uh, the binger. No, <sighs> the binger, always good. Bing Crosby. Gotta play that. I that was listening. Do you ever li listen to the American Stories? And there was this yeah. guy who was a Christmas enthusiast, like yeah. a historian. He says, "Listen, you want to live forever? In the '40s and the '50s, how stars, singers, crooners, yeah. wanted to maintain their legacy mm. was the most important thing for them. Was to." have a hit Christmas song yeah. more than anything else because they knew you, they would live forever. Because you may not know who Bing Crosby is all year, but you're going to hear him yeah. all the time at Christmas. White Christmas. Right. The best, best contemporary crooner voice ever. Who? Karen Carpenter. Oh, yeah, she's, she's great. Just melts me every yeah, time. Yeah, she is great. Gone too soon. Yeah. Very musically... Very talented. Even you ever hear her play the drums? Oh yeah, she was awesome. She was amazing. She was amazing. So he was talking about this, and White Christmas is very interesting because that song was given to Bob Hope first. Really? And he didn't like it. Leslie, what were you thinking? And he didn't like it, and Bing because he was competing with Bing Crosby for the most you know the song that was going to live forever, mm -hmm. and Bing Crosby went and took it from him. <laughs> Because Bob Hope turned it down. Bob. Bob. Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Not good. Well, guys, that's it. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have a lot of new stuff next year, right? Presentations, monthly candid coffees, uh, really good stuff. Uh, I'll have a new article out next week you may like about inflation coming out next week. We're still writing through the holiday. So if you decide that you had too much eggnog, you're a little dizzy, you sit down, pull up Real Investment Advice blog, look at the daily commentary. Listen, I don't know if we're going to have a uh, Santa rally. I personally think Santa's not coming this year. We'll see. You all have a great holiday, everyone. We'll see you in the new year. Take care. Lance, back on Monday.